But uh, hey, so when you're, a, when you're a parent, that just doesn't work as well, right? Oh, man. Oh, it's good to be here with you guys, and I uh, love you guys so much. Yeah, those of you who don't know Pastor Dave and Karen Metzger, they're pastoring up in uh, Crescent City and rocking the house up there. Um, I miss them, miss you guys, and glad to see you. Hung out with Dave a little bit yesterday, and Michelle and Karen got to talk, and uh, Dave want, wanted me to, I was, I'm going to give him some stuff, and he was like, well, how do I, do I pay you? And I'm like, I owe you my life. <laughs> you know, what are you talking about, you know? And of course, he plays it off like he had nothing to do with it. But uh, if you like me, you blame it on him. If you don't like me, blame it on him. No, I'm joking. Uh, just, just messing. No, no, D- Pastor Dave is, uh, and Karen, they're just godly, humble people, and they really laid a foundation of grace in this church and taught us to uh, believe God and believe his word, and they taught us to go after all the fullness of the kingdom. And that's what we're doing. And we're just... Reaching people for Jesus and, and teaching people to walk with the Lord. Amen? Amen. We're learning that, right? Or, right? Yeah. Like Deb said, a community of fully devoted followers of Christ. Amen. That's who we are. That's who we seek to be. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3. Love this, love this uh, chapter in the Proverbs. And um, today I'm going to talk to you about um, how to get rich quick. <laughs> and... Uh, I got, a, I got three R's for you, Rolls Royce, uh, Rolex, oh, and, uh, and uh, Roomba. There you go. You guys know about the Roomba? Everyone wants a Roomba, right? I got three R's, how to get rich quick, right? right? That's what we're talking about in this series. Yeah? No, come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and for a limited time, if you'll send in $5.99, I'll send you a handkerchief that will heal you. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, no, of course, of course, of course, we are not talking about greed, selfishness. We're not talking about the principles of, uh, of abundant financial abundance or the principles of giving in any kind of manipulative way, amen? No, we are learning, and this is what we've been focusing on for a couple months, that God desires abundance for his people. And not just in every area, no. He does want it in every area of our life, spiritually, physically, all that, but also in that area of finances. We've shown in the scriptures that's God's desire, not just making it by, not just sufficiency, but abundance. Why? One, we've seen he's just a really good God. He's a good dad, but two, because he wants his people who walk in righteousness, who know how to steward wealth, to be the ones who have the wealth, right? Abundance for every good work. That the people of God who walk in righteousness and wisdom, that they would be the ones to give where the money needs to go. And they would be the ones who would be the godly employers who would pay their employees what is right and fair, etc., etc. We could go on and on with many other examples. But God wants to pour out abundance on his people. We've seen that he wants to do We've, uh, we've been looking at principles of how we need to bring adjustments in our life and position ourselves for God to bring this blessing. And one of those, one of those things is we've been trying to... Um, uh, as you remember, though most of you guys remember, but the Lord spoke to me months ago saying, prepare my people. I want my people out of lack and stepping into abundance. And he specifically wants to break that dependence that we have on this world system that makes us think, you know, well, you know, when the economy's good, then we can all kind of flourish. But what have we been seeing over and over again in the word of God? God is able to take people in the midst of lack, famine, recession, whatever, and bring abundance, Right? 
And that means what the Lord is calling us to do is believe Him for abundance now. And not, not give in to recession, not trust in the government or uh, trust in the economy or trust in other people or employers. We've even, remember that one story about Isaac? Oh, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Isaac. I'm just throwing out names. Uh, J- <laughs> Bob, you know that guy Bob in the Bible. Now, uh, remember Jacob worked for Laban and Laban changed his wages 10 times and cheated him out and all that? And he still ended up on top, right? that we trust the Lord. And what we've been learning is we have a covenant with God. These stories in the Bible, they're not just stories. They're our covenant history. Why? Because they tell us who our God is. And he's trying to convince us of what he wants to do in our lives. Amen? And we've, learned, we're, we've been learning. We need to make adjustments. We need to make sure he's the Lord of our life. That we're not, stu- we're not managing our finances. We're stewarding his life. Right? We belong to Christ. And we've been learning how essential it is to hear the Lord and how, how we need to hear God. We've been learning about some other adjustments. Today, I want to talk to you about the wisdom of tithing. It's quiet. No, I'm joking around. (laughs) No, I'm sure you guys are excited about it. I want to talk to you about the wisdom of tithing. And I want to show you from the Word of God that this this tithing is not just some legalistic thing. It's not just an Old Testament thing. It's not just, uh, you know, it's not just, Whatever, it's, it's, it's part of our covenant with God. It's one of the principles that the Lord uses to bring adjustments in our life that would bring this abundance even in the midst of lack. It's very, very important for us to understand this and embrace this. And so let's look at this. But I want to make sure we see the context of, of, uh, of tithing and giving. And we'll kind of go into the Word of God. I'm probably going to go through some of this fast. So if, like my, if my tempo picks up really quick, don't worry. It's just, just trying to get through it. But... Um, but I believe the Lord wants to show us how biblical, how New Testament, how wise tithing really is, all right? So, Father, we do ask that you would bring this understanding, this revelation of how wise it is to trust you in this way in our finances. But also, Lord, as Deb had prayed, release that revelation of your goodness and your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we're going to start in Proverbs 3, verse 1. We're going to go down to all the way to verse 12. And I'm just going to read this. Just follow along with me here. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. This, um, this issue of, uh, of tithing, I want you to notice, even just from that context of 12 verses, and this is a pattern we'll see throughout the Bible, that this issue of tithing is not an isolated uh, religious ritual or some legalistic thing. It is totally integrated with the rest of our life. And I want you to understand some of these things that we've been looking at, and even we talked about last week, that, that, that right there in verse 9, 
is where he talks about tithing, basically, and I'll I'll bring that out in a second. But notice what's all the way around it. Notice what's in verse 1, my son. Well, notice what comes right after the statement about tithing. In verse, after verse 10 and verse 11, it says, my son. See, the whole context of this discussion about wisdom in general for your life. Remember, we t- said that wisdom is just skillful living, just being good at relationships, good at my finances, good at life, good at communication, good at all those different things. This whole issue of wisdom is in the context of the Father's house. That we're not coming to these principles, use, you, you know, uh, 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 afraid that God's mad at us, trying to tithe or, or you know, be a good Christian so that God won't be mad at me and then maybe he'll like me and bless me. We're not doing this to earn. We're not doing this to prove ourselves to God or to make him not mad. We are coming to our Father. Right? That anyone here who has bowed the knee to Jesus and you've put your trust in Jesus, right? You've made him the Lord of your life. All your sins are forgiven. You're righteous in Christ. You're born again and you've come into a covenant with God. And the Bible says you have peace with God. He's not mad. He likes you. His grace abounds to you. And every blessing and every promise in the kingdom of God is all by grace. Well, I mean, I guess everything in the world is by grace. It's like the breathing. He's deciding for us to breathe. But like we understand that we have come into relationship with Father God, into a covenant with God by His Son, Jesus Christ. This is what I think Kurt brought out well a couple weeks ago when he talked about the grace of God, that, that the blessings of the Lord, the abundance is by grace. But you have to understand that when you're coming to the Lord, like in the book of Proverbs where it's full of wisdom, you are coming to your Father who loves you. You're not earning anything. His blessing is being poured out on you. And what father, what daddy is trying to teach us is how to live life. Remember, God made everything. He knows how it works. And he's trying to teach us how to do life the right way, right? So I just, you know, when I, when I hang out with my kids, when I want to talk to them, you know, just come here, sit on my lap. Let's have a conversation. You, you're just, we're coming into the father's house where he loves us and delights in us. And he wants to talk to us. You know, when I put my kids on timeout, you know, uh, put them on timeout, in order to get off timeout, you know what they need to do? I'm always going to talk to them. And they always got to look me in the eye. Very little. I go, all right, look me in the eye. Look daddy in the eye. Why are you on timeout? Usually, like even Emma, she can't answer that question. (laughs) It's all right. I just ask it anyways. Questions are really good. Makes people learn how to think for themselves, right? So I ask them the question, and then you, then you unpack it, and I explain to Emma or John David or whatever, but I'm telling you, they've learned from very little. You look me in the eye. Right? This is what we're doing. We're coming to the Father, and we're letting him correct us where we need to have correction or just give us wisdom. You know, John David and I, we, uh, well, I, I lay in, we usually lay in the bed with both of the kids and everything, but, you know, I get in the bed with John David, we read the Bible a little bit, or we've been reading Narnia, and we talk about life. We just talk. That's what we're doing, right? We come to our Father who loves us and we let Him speak to us. And let me tell you, my kids know they need to look me in the eye because if they don't, I walk away. I go, oh, you're not ready. And they have to sit there and time out more. Like, oh, I'm ready, I'm ready. You know what I'm saying? Daddy, I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay. Look me in the eye. Right? And it's hilarious. They squint. They go. <laughs> they don't really know exactly what to do when I say that. I don't want anyone to hide. I don't want hiding. I don't want shame. I don't, want, I don't want people to get away from the correction, right? You've got to look at me. Deal. You've got to deal. And that's what we're doing, just coming to the Father in the context of the Father's house. 
of his grace and letting him teach us how do we live life and how do we manage our life that he's given us. Um, you'll notice that, again, there's this, there's this wisdom that's being integrated. He talks in verse 3 about mercy and truth, or it could be translated love and faithfulness. What is that talking about? That the very core of your being, etched into your heart, is love and faithfulness. That the very core of your motives is love and faithfulness. So you cannot separate tithing from all the other aspects and actions of your life. There, I mean, there are people who would go through the religious motions of tithing, but over here, lie or cheat. And they think they can compartmentalize their life. They think they can separate these things, but they're not separated. This all is about our heart, right? Don't you remember Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart for out of it flows the, all the issues of life, right? Everything flows from your life. The kingdom inside of you becomes the kingdom on the outside of you. Whatever you think and believe really in your heart comes out of your mouth. It creates those things, right? How, whatever's going on in the inside of you, it creates that atmosphere in your home. It creates that atmosphere in your workplace. You, you, whatever's going on in your heart, that's what shapes your life. And the Lord is dealing with, with heart issues. I believe that this, these, these, these phrases that we're looking at here, like, like mercy and truth being engraved in our heart, being the core motives and, and actions and goals of our life. The, the issue of trusting the Lord with all of our heart. It's absolutely essential to understand that that's completely intimately related, dynamically intertwined with the issue of tithing. You cannot separate it. And I believe that this is what separates man's wisdom, which is really foolishness, from God's wisdom. This is what really separates religion Outward, just doing things in the motions from really understanding what God wants of his people. See, human wisdom, I can take a principle from creation, can't I? Like working hard will make money. And I can take that principle and I can apply it and I can make a lot of money, right? But what's the difference between that, which is, ends up becoming foolishness, and discipline that creates wealth that is actually what God wants. You know what the difference is? It's love and faithfulness. Because the person who works really hard, but has their motive, selfishness, and greed, it is narrow-minded, right? Short-sighted. It's not eternal. And it will bring destruction to their life. What? Won't it? Motive and goal, it's everything. If your goal is selfish ambition and greed. If your goal is to be on top, what did, God, what did, what did uh, Paul say in Timothy? He says, the love of money is the root of all evil. The, the one who desires to get rich, it's a snare, it's a trap. What is he talking about? He's talking, if that's your goal in life, you'll do anything to get money, anything to get rich, anything to become successful, something's wrong. But what is the Lord trying to teach his people? Love is what? others it's not self it's other that the very motive of my heart is pure there's humility there's purity of motive there's integrity in me i love people i love god see what i'm saying faithfulness what's faithfulness it's integrity it's doing what is right it's it's righteousness it's it's discipline it's showing up on time it's honoring my employer even when they don't hear me right it's love and faithfulness Etched into my heart. This shapes everything. Because 
if I take a principle out of its context, then it becomes foolishness. See what I'm saying? You take wisdom, which was created by God, and people in our world will take wise principles and then use them for their own selfish advantage, it becomes foolishness. Right? This is why the Bible says, do not envy the wicked. This is why religion doesn't work. People taking God's ways and commandments out of context. Remember the Pharisees? They had the commands, but they took it out of the context of what the Bible said, out of the context of the very heart of God. And they made things like, remember the Sabbath? Remember Jesus said, you know, remember he would heal on the Sabbath, they'd get mad at him for healing on the Sabbath? And, they, and Jesus would say, hey, don't, don't you guys know? God made the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. They missed the whole point. They missed the point that God did this for us. This is wisdom. This is life. I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? Sabbath, one of the best ways to create both in your own personal life and in society, emotional, relational wholeness because it creates a rhythm of rest in your life. It's just brilliant. And the, and, and the Pharisees turned it into a legalistic thing where God was mad and you couldn't heal on the Sabbath. Can't, don't help people on the Sabbath because, you know, it's all about God and not people, right? Instead of a relationship between God and people. You see what I'm saying? Love and faithfulness. You cannot separate these things. So you can't like be a Christian who's like, I tithe. And then over here, you're like robbing people. You know? Yeah, you know, I mean, the Lord, he's good. He might bless you a little bit, you know, because you're tithing or something like that. But I'm telling you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rob your heart of the joy. It's going to rob your self of those things. And it's going to shut down what God wants to do. It's got to be integrated. Integrity, discipline, tithing, giving is a part of this lifestyle of wisdom isn't just like an off and on kind of a thing like here and there i give a little you know when i feel like this is about a lifestyle just like i need to choose to be integrous every moment just like my motive needs to be other not self all the time just like i need to show up to work every day on time be faithful work hard it's the same thing giving tithing is a part of this lifestyle of walking in wisdom so it's all integrated. And you can see here, when it gets down to verse 9, it says, honor the Lord. You notice that what precedes it? You notice what it says? Trust in the Lord in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then what does verse 7 say? Don't, don't be wise in your own eyes. That's, that's what I was saying earlier. Man's wisdom is foolishness when we are trusting that I see it the right way. I've got this thing figured out, right? I know how this system works. I'm educated, so I know. No, God's saying, no, you don't do what's right in your own eyes. You don't do what's wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. So do you see that when he gets down to verse 9, honoring the Lord with our possessions and with the first fruits of our increase, it's all about our hearts. It's all about trusting the Lord with all of our hearts. It's all about not walking in our own human wisdom because tithing doesn't make sense in our natural reasoning. And it's all about fearing the Lord. It's coming to the Lord and saying, it's what you said, so I'm going to do it. <clears throat> this, uh, notice that it says, honor the Lord, right? Honor the Lord. This issue of tithing, like I said, is not an Old Testament, New Testament thing. It's an issue of worship. It's an issue of giving God what is due Him. It's an issue of giving us his, us, us his, uh, 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 giving him our hearts, right? He doesn't need our money. He's not up there struggling, you know? 
He's not doing a, 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 a raise-a-thon or something like that, you know? We're really struggling here. We better do one of those telethons, you know? He's not like a who's desperate for money doing five, uh, you know, pass the bucket. We're not leaving. I, oh, I'm hearing the Lord. Somebody wants, somebody needs to give a million. And we're not leaving until it happens. And the first one who does will get my car or something. I don't know. But he's not desperate. He doesn't need your money. What does he want? He wants your heart. He wants your trust. This is about your heart between, before the Lord, right? This is about relationship with God. This is about covenant. This is about worship, trust, fearing him, walking in his wisdom. It's not an issue of legalism or not. <clears throat> I remember uh, 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 Michelle mentioned Tiffany Dearman. Uh, Kimberly Dearman, <laughs> about the Dearmans here. Those of you who know, most of you probably know Jerry Dearman. Uh, he teaches on our CDs for Operation Soul Life. He, wrote, he, he built the pro. And so uh, those of you who don't know, that's okay. His wife's name is Kimberly. Kimberly's grandmother was a pastor or a, a, a missionary pastor in Colombia. And so Kimberly actually grew up on the mission field, learned Spanish, that kind of thing. And I remember sitting with Jerry and Kimberly and hearing this story. Kimberly which shared about her grandmother going and preaching the gospel to, these, to people who were tribal. I mean, they were so poor, they didn't really even have clothes, right? And she goes and she preaches the gospel to them. She brings them to the Lord and she begins to pastor them and disciple them in the Lord. And the Lord told her, Kimberly's grandmother, teach them about tithing. I mean, Kimberly's grandmother's like, God, they don't have anything. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? And uh, the Lord kept impressing it on her grandmother's heart. And she, you know, cried before the Lord. And then, um, and then she uh, uh, came before the people, crying. I need to teach you about this. God told me I need to teach you about this. And so she began to teach them. And as she was crying, they started crying. And they began to cry. And she's like, why are you crying? You know, and they're like, because... Because we don't want you to hold back anything. We put, we put our trust in Jesus. Teach us. Teach us how to walk with God. Show us this. Don't hold, us, hold it back from us, right? And, that's, and guess what? These people began to tithe. I think my, my understanding from Kimberly is that they first began to just bring like shells. They didn't have money. They didn't have stuff. Now you go back there. And Kimberly describes it. You go back there and it's, and it's a thriving commerce like trucks and all, you know, why? Because this is how it works. She led these people to Jesus, and Jesus, who is the leader of his church, told her, teach them. Because you realize that if I don't teach you about how, how to tithe, it's about, it's about your heart before the Lord. And it's about your blessing that the Lord wants to bring. This is about him teaching us how to live life the right way. Amen? So it says to, to honor the Lord with our possessions and the first fruits. That word first fruits is the same thing as tithing. And uh, maybe I can show you a verse, but you can, we can look at that maybe even a little bit later. But the first fruits brings to, means to bring to God what is His. Okay, The first is referring to that it, the first part always belongs to Him. It, they, they brought every tenth firstborn animal. All the tenth of the first fruits that would be on a tree or come out of the ground. 
in, in, in the Old Testament, in the Torah, they would bring a tenth of everything. Everything. And this is, so the first fruits was, this, it was associated with this concept of, of, uh, of tithing or the, or the tenth being the Lord's. And I want to make sure I, I explain something very clearly here as well. The word tithe, it means tenth. Okay, that's what it means. The word giving is a totally different word. Okay, the Hebrew word for tithe means tenth. So you can't say, I tithe and not mean a tenth. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, I just want us to be honest, too. So if you don't give a tenth, then it's not tithing. Okay, you might give, but it's not tithing. Because tithing is a tenth. So it's not, you can't say, yeah, well, I, I brought my, my tenth to the Lord. Well, how much did you give? It was about 2%. Do you, do you know math? Okay, so I'm just, I just want to make sure we understand the Hebrew word for tithe. It just means tenth, okay? And, um, and let, me, let me show you here. Go, if you want to turn back to, uh, to Deuteronomy 14. Deuteronomy 14. You don't have to turn to some of these scriptures. I'm going to be jumping around a little bit. See, this, this issue of our hearts, this issue of trusting the Lord, the question is, who, who is our Lord, right? The question is, who provided this? In fact, actually, look, look really quick here. You're on, you can stay in Deuteronomy 14. But back up really quick to Deuteronomy 8. Go to Deuteronomy 8 real quick. Deuteronomy 8, verse 11. No, not verse 11. Verse 10. Verse 10. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. See, tithing reminds us who provided this stuff. And we looked at this verse, if you jump down to verse 17. Then you, shall, then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. See, the issue of bringing to him the first fruits, the tithe, the tenth of everything that, are, that we produce, everything that we make, everything that we, all of our increase, all of our wealth, that we give him the tenth, that you come to him and you're honoring him and you are blessing him and you are giving him the glory and this is what we are saying. You are my Lord, you are my creator and everything has come from you. Everything. The moment we withhold those things, we are not blessing him for what he has blessed us with. And when the moment we are withholding those things, we are saying in our hearts, and we can say this with our words and we can say this with our actions, we are saying, I made this wealth. I produced this. But the reality is, this is why we thank the Lord every time we have a meal. You eat your food with thankfulness. We say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this food. Why? Because everything comes from him. Every dollar, every cent, every bite you eat, right? Every breath we breathe, it comes from him. And what he has said is that we would come before him and bring him the tenth of everything that we produce to tell the Lord, we bless you. As you blessed us, we bless you. We honor you and we give to you what is your due. We give to, to you because it all belongs to you anyways. And what we're saying is we trust you. Here's what happens though. When you're not able to do that, Obviously, you're not honoring him. You're not worshiping him, right? When we're not bringing the tenth, we're not worshiping the Lord. It says, honor the Lord. 
withholding the honor that is due him, but also it shuts our own hearts down, doesn't it? See, again, this is about your heart before the Lord. What happens is in that area that you're not trusting him, it, sh- it sets everything else off, doesn't it? So when there's an area that you don't surrender to him, an area where you don't trust him, it affects every other area. This is what we mean by fully devoted followers, of course. We don't mean perfect. We mean wholly surrendered, wholly given. And we trust you. Trust you, Lord. We give you our whole hearts. So in Deuteronomy 14, just so you understand a little bit of what the Torah is about tithing, Deuteronomy uh, 14, verse 22, you shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. And you shall eat it before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide, the tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and your flocks that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. We'll talk more later about the purpose of the tithe, the fact that they would bring it before the Lord and actually rejoice and celebrate. They would also give it to the Levites, the orphans, the widows. We'll explain that and unpack some of that principles. But I want you to see here, it's the same wording as Proverbs 3. And it's all over the scriptures, the first fruit or the tithe, that you bring it before the Lord. And it says, everything that is first belongs to him. And then it says here, I love this, in the end of verse 23, that you may learn to fear the Lord. Do you know why we read our Bible every day? It says the same thing in Deuteronomy 17. It's not just because we want to hear God speak to us. We like that. It's not just for information. We read our Bible every day because it's a discipline that teaches us to fear God. The Lord. It's an issue of our hearts. You know, that's the thing. You know, teach people to read the Bible, and then it's like, well, I read the Bible, but I didn't really get anything out of it today. So I don't really want to do it. It's not about that. And when we hear God, when we read the Word, but it's not about that. It's about a lifestyle that teaches me to think the way He thinks, to see life his way, to have an eternal perspective, to not be wise in my own eyes, but to humbly submit my life to God's word that I would fear him and walk in his way. It's the same thing with tithing. That God literally says, no, no, this is about you. This is about your heart learning to see it my way and to fear me so that there can be blessing in your life. And that's the thing. You don't tithe and then go, you know, a lot of people, they'll, they'll tithe and then the next day, you know, I tithe yesterday and the Lord like came through and I got blessed. Praise God. But what happens when you tithe the next month? And it doesn't happen quite so fast. Well, I'm not going to do it then. No, no. No, it wasn't you tithe so that God will hook you up the next minute. It says that you may learn to fear the Lord. It's the same thing. I don't, I don't get something out of my Bible reading necessarily every day. I mean, I generally, you know, encounter the Lord, have a great time with Jesus. But, you know what I'm saying? You know, someone's like, uh, Dave, our daily devotions were in like Leviticus and Revelation. Like, why did you put those two together? Couldn't you have gone like Leviticus and like Matthew? No, I'm just, okay, so you got like Leviticus and Revelation? I didn't get anything out of it. That's right, you were learning to fear the Lord. Yeah? Same thing. You tithe. Of all the increase. You like that, how he puts that in there in Proverbs and in, and in Deuteronomy and everywhere else he talks about the tithe? You tithe on all the increase, right? Not after the government takes the taxes out, right? What, what you made, you tithe on that. You give him a tenth. And what does it teach you? It teaches you to trust him, to fear him. What are you doing when you're giving him the tithe? Is it really about the, uh, the amount? Is it really about the money? Or is it about you're giving him your heart and you're saying, you gave this to me and I'm giving it back to you. I'm blessing you. It's an act of worship. It's an act of faith. 
Um, I, I heard, I think, uh, I think Jerry said this one time, like quoting Jerry up, you know, the Deermans are all over the place today, huh? Uh, Jerry one time said, uh, God told him, my people trust more in 10% of their income than in me. We trust that that 10% will do more good than what God can do. And it makes you wonder why things get shut down in our life. The Lord promises. What did he say in Proverbs 3? Man, you tithe of all that increase. You give me the first fruits. What do you say? So your barns will overflow. Isn't that abundance? How do you see abundance in the midst of lack? You keep giving. What do we do when we're struggling? We cut the one thing we think is superfluous, right? Think it's not necessary. So we cut the tithe. Or we reduce it. We go, yeah, I, I cut back on the tithe. You mean you cut back, what? You know what I'm saying? Back again, right? Like I was saying, tithe means tenth. How can you cut back on the tenth? It means you just stopped tithing. I cut back on the tithe, you know, because we're struggling. So you basically are in lack, and you cut back on the one thing that God promises will bring abundance. Do you see the foolishness? Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord. Honor the Lord. Trust Him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. This is what the Lord's teaching us. This is what the Lord's leading us into. <clears throat> I remember, uh, I think it was Billy Graham that gave a story one time of a kid that reached his hand into a vase to get a dime and grabbed hold of the dime and couldn't get his hand out of the vase because he was holding on to his dime, right? <laughs> Vases have big bottoms and small tops, right? And he couldn't get his hand out of the vase. And he keeps pulling and keeps pulling. And someone says, let's let go of the dime. He goes, I don't want to let go of the dime, you know? Of course, you know, all of us thinking, turn the vase upside down, you know, right? <laughs> let it go. Don't be wise in your own eyes, right? I'm not letting go, you know? But if I, but if I die, then I won't have enough to pay. Right? Dude, let go. Turn the vase upside down. This is the kind of wisdom the Lord wants to give us. We're so blinded by our own struggles. We're so blinded. I've seen it all the time. It's a cycle of lack in people's lives. Literally, this is what people will say. I can't tithe because I have these problems, right? I have these bills. I have this debt. I have this struggling. I don't, have, I don't make enough. I can't tithe. Are you sure you can't tithe or is it that you're struggling because you don't tithe? Do, do you see what I'm saying? It is literally, okay, you take... What happens is, when we do things our own way, we step further and further into foolishness, and it creates more and more brokenness. This is why if people come to you, like when you want it, they want it, you to counsel them with their relationship, and you try to give them wisdom, and it just sounds like foolishness to them. Like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, you don't know. Like, you don't know her. You don't know him. You don't know what we're really going through. And we're like, no, actually, we do. Like, let go of the dime. Turn the thing over, you know? Like, it's really not that difficult. But why is it so difficult in the midst of craziness and brokenness to understand wisdom? Because you're seeing it your way. That's the root of the problem. This is why the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because you say, I'm, right, I'm wrong, you're right. But what, is, what do fools do? Fools hate wisdom and correction. The first step is to say, I'm wrong. T tell me, correct me. Father, correct me. I, I don't know. And you literally let go of your wrong perceptions. You let go and that's how you get healing in a relationship. You go, I'm wrong. Just teach me wisdom. Teach me how to do it. Same thing with finances. Teach me. 
right? And this is what the Lord's trying to convince us. I've watched it so many times, and when a person would just trust the Lord. I don't have a lot, but I'm going to tithe. It begins to create increase. It goes the opposite direction. It's the same thing. You surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus. It's not tomorrow everything will be great. But literally, we walk with Jesus, and step by step, we get whole on the inside. He blesses our finances. He brings deliverance to our life. He brings healing to our life. If it took steps after step after step step to get into the brokenness you're in, it takes step after step after step of walking with Jesus to get into the wholeness. Rebuild your life. Rebuild the house. Get your house on the rock. It takes time. And if you're just into the instant gratification, right? if it's not love and faithfulness, if it's not honoring the Lord, if it's not lordship, then it's, I didn't get anything out of it yesterday, so I'm just not going to do it. I'm not really going to read my Bible. I didn't really like, feel it. I wasn't feeling it. I'm not really going to tithe because this month, you know, whew, this just wasn't working today. Really? Is it about that? No, it's about honoring the Lord, right? It's about honoring the Lord. <clears throat> the, um, I want to also, um, I lost my place in Deuteronomy. I want, you to, I want you to see one more thing real quick. We might actually go into this later, another day, but <clears throat> this is, I'm, I'm going to mention it. This is one of those things like, I think a year ago I did a message called extravagant giving. This is what I'm more passionate about. But I want you to notice in verse 7 of chapter 15 of Deuteronomy, just the next chapter right after Deuteronomy 14. Deuteronomy 15, 7 says, If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open and wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need whatever he needs i want you to understand something that there is always in the bible a difference between tithing and giving you can actually go back to proverbs 3 and he says the same thing in proverbs 3 says honor the lord with the first fruits of your wealth at the end of proverbs 3 he says don't withhold from the poor person giving has always been an act of justice and mercy to help poor people and to help them and to lend without usury, without exorbitant interest, to help someone out. That has always been separate from, distinct from, and above the tithe. The people of Israel gave way more than a tenth. They gave the tenth to honor the Lord and to say, everything has come from you. This land belongs to you. And then they wouldn't glean their fields, right? They would go through, collect the crops, and they wouldn't glean it a second time. Why? To leave it for the orphan and the widow, right? Every third year tithe, it went to a storehouse. For the, for the Levite and the orphan and the widow. This is what they did. And then they were commanded, like verses like this in, in Deuteronomy 15, 7. Whenever you see someone who's poor, do not harden your heart. Do, do you see, there's a distinction between the tithe right here, and it's all over the word. You can do your own study. There's a distinction. We tithe, and then we give. But it's also going back to the heart issue. It's not about a religious thing. I did my thing. Oh, there's a poor person over there. Oh, I tithed. Sorry. I just tithed. I just came from church. I just tithed. Can't. Sorry, dude. Sorry. I mean, if you would have caught me yesterday, I would have given you part of my tithe. Ouch. No. The tithe is to the Lord. You see someone struggling or in need, the Holy Spirit puts to give to somebody here or somebody out there or to help people. Prompted by the Lord to do that. <clears throat> Let me show you in Malachi 3. Malachi 3. The end of the uh, end of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter three. The question 
Verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings? You were cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Sounds like abundance. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord. Do you see what God says? It's, it's the promise over and over and over again. We understand something that tithing is not just like a little commandment in the Old Testament Torah. It was in, it's in every type of literature in the whole Bible. It's Old Testament, it's New Testament. I'll show you here in a second. It's in the, old, it's in the Torah, it's in the prophets, it's in Proverbs. Why? Because I said this is a covenant thing and this is a natural principle. This is a natural created principle. The God who created the universe created this to work like this. And right here he's saying that literally to withhold the tithe and the offerings, to withhold this tithe, is to rob God. Why? Because it's what we were saying earlier. It's his due. It's what belongs to him. You know, I, I've heard this illustration that, that a lot of times people think, you know, I, you know, I don't really tithe, but I, I, I give. And honestly, it's, it's, that would be like you going to a restaurant and paying the tip, a good one, but not paying the bill. I'm just not really into paying the bill, right? This is what happens. When we don't tithe, we're not giving him what's due him. Of course, we tithe. We give him what's due him to honor him. Because that's what the, the Bible commands us. And yet, we also tip him. We give freely to the poor and things like this. See, this is a natural principle. We won't, I won't spend time necessarily going into some of these verses, but to, it's, it's a natural principle of sowing and reaping, isn't it? You reap what you sow. This is, this is what's literally in the created order. This is what God has called his people to. Now, I know a lot of times people will say that, you know, but it's not in the New Testament. You're quoting Old Testament. And, it's, and it's, uh, this is an Old Testament thing. And, and I know people will say, yay, we're free from law, you know. Because you know, Jesus, said, Jesus said, you say don't murder, but I say don't hate. So we can murder then, right? Right? Come on. No. What was he trying to do? Get at the heart. Okay? Look at Matthew 23. <clears throat> See, because religion misses the heart. See, Jesus says right there in Matthew 23, verse 23, he's confronting the Pharisees with their hypocrisy. He's confronting the Pharisees with doing the outward and missing the inward. And what, guess what he says to the Pharisees? Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. That's right. We don't have to tithe anymore, right? No, Jesus is affirming that this is the way in which we should walk. I've heard people say, oh, but this is before the cross. He is the king. Thank you very much. He is talking about how to live in his kingdom. See, people who think, oh, we're free from legalism, we're free from the law, that was Old Testament, they don't understand grace. They don't understand. We're not talking about earning anything. 
We're talking about stewarding his blessing. We're not talking about something that is old versus New Testament. We're talking about what is covenant. What it means to walk in a covenant relationship with God. And when people are like, oh, well, Jesus said that before the cross. Well, like as if he didn't know he was going to die and make a new covenant or something like that. What is that? People sectioning off the Bible like this? Taking the Bible out of context? And they'll quote, they'll go over to, they'll, they'll quote 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 7 and 8. And they'll say, it's, uh, or it's actually, uh, I think 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Again, we can look at it another time, but 8 and 9, where, where it's like, well, just, you know, Paul says, you know, give what's, what's on your heart to give. And they're like, see, right there. That's what the New Testament teaches right there. You don't, you don't have to tithe. You just give what you feel like. Uh, hello, they were talking about a mercy fund going to Jerusalem where they were struggling with poverty and, and famine. It's taking that scripture out of the context of the rest of the whole Bible. It's, that was talking about a collection. You know, that same Apostle Paul commanded that we give to the church and give to pastors, like in Galatians chapter 5 and in 1 Timothy 5, that we're supposed to give. He's talking about a giving fund. He's talking about a special mercy giving. And people take that verse and go, see, in the New Testament, right there, the New Testament says, you just give what you feel like. I take it right out of context. What did Jesus say? You should tithe. That's what he said. Tithe. But don't forget the weightier matters of the law. Justice, mercy, faith. What is he saying? He's saying the same thing that the Proverbs have said. He's saying the same thing. It's not, this is not separated from your life. This is not separated. This is not some religious thing you do. This is about your heart. And what was he saying that the Pharisees were doing? I did what else I was supposed to. God's not mad at me. Look at me. I'm so holy. But they were forgetting the poor the orphan, the widow. They were forgetting justice. They were forgetting the whole point of why you give. Right? And I'm telling you, there's people here. See, we're, we're all over the place today, right? Some people, we tithe. Some people, not tithing. Okay? This is not for me to beat you over the head. If anything, today, I've wanted to build up your faith in what the Word says. It's just a little bit. I could go into it a lot more, right? Just want to build up your faith. Those of you who are tithing, we need to be reminded to walk in the way of the Lord. Amen? Those of you who are not, we need to be confronted a little bit. Look me in the eye kind of a thing and say, hey, let's deal with this issue in your life. But I want you to understand something. So let's say you tithe. Is that it? I tithe. I'm so holy. But what if you've forgotten the weightier matters of the law? What if you're going through the motions? We don't want to be like this, do we? I sure don't. Something I'm seeking the Lord on. Do we, do we really we want to tithe and go through the motions and then forget justice? Forget that there's people who need Jesus? You know, there's people, right? They tithe so that they can have nice programs for their church. Right? Tithe so I can have something for me. And they forget Hundreds of thousands of people all around us that need Jesus. Poor, orphans, widows, right? The church tithes. Well, not very many, but the church tithes. But what about the orphans? What about our foster care system that's a wreck? What do we do about that? Do you see what I'm saying? This is what the Lord is saying. Yes, of course, tithe. Then give. Fight for justice. Right? Be salt and light on the earth. This is what Jesus is talking to us about. This is what he's calling his church to. And what, he's ta- what, he's, what, what I believe is that tithing, it sets your heart in that right order. It sets your heart. So we need to tithe. And we need to do it with the right heart. 
Well, I'll show you a verse, an, 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 maybe another week, where it says in the New Testament that Jesus receives tithes. Now, see, he's the head of his church. He's the pastor. He's the leader. He is the high priest. Right back in the day, you'd give the tithe to the Levite. He is the high priest. And he receives the tithes from us. We are tithing to our Jesus, our Christ, who's the high priest. We are tithing. We are giving to him, trusting him. And we, why? To partner with him in his mission. Amen? So here's what I want to leave you with today. A challenge, really, to deal with God. I want to challenge you to wrestle with the Lord right now and throughout this week to deal with the Lord. Okay, you tithe. But what is the Lord saying about our hearts, about love and faithfulness, about justice, right? And let's say you, you don't tithe. What is the Lord saying to you? Say, but Dave, I can't. Let me tell you something. I don't, it's not about me, okay? Sometimes people want to come up and tell me like if they can't tithe or something like that. I don't care. I don't know how much you make. I don't know how much you give. I wouldn't even know the percentage anyways. I don't look. I don't know and I don't care. Does that sound calloused? I love you. It's about you and Jesus. That's all. I don't care. No one has to come and tell Dave Turner, I give or I don't give. I don't care. I mean, I do care in the sense that I care that you get blessed. And I care that we're partnering with the Lord for his kingdom. What I mean is, you don't have to explain it to me. You really feel like you can't do 10%? Fine. Start with whatever you got. I'm not, that's not a license. That's not like a cop-out. I just mean, whatever. Start somewhere. Aren't we in a pro, on a process anyways? Aren't we on a journey with Jesus? Like, well, because I can't be perfect tomorrow, I should just sin. <laughs> right? Isn't that the foolishness of shame that keeps people in bondage to sin and in addictions? Start somewhere. And so I'm saying, wrestle with the Lord this week. Cry out to God. Ask the Lord what He wants you to do to make these adjustments in your life. Begin to submit yourself to the Lord and say, I will trust you with all my heart. I will bring to you the first fruits of all my increase as an expression of my worship and my trust to you. But I will not neglect the weightier matters of the law. Let's cry out to God. What does that look like for us as a church, individually and corporately? Yay, we have a food ministry. Woohoo, every Monday we feed people. Yay, so we've covered that part, right? Justice and mercy. Really? Really? What does it look like? Not just to go through the motions, right? But to give him ourselves and to partner with him, to preach the gospel, to disciple people, to fight for justice, etc., etc. Amen? So let's respond to the Lord. Let's stand up.